This podcast is brought to you by GG Poker. GG Poker won huge tournaments and hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament. As the world's biggest online poker room, GG Poker are making poker fun again. GG Poker offers exciting game formats and software features that aren't available anywhere else. So why play anywhere else? Plus, if you're new to GG Poker, get £60 free play when you make your first deposit of £10 or more. Players must be 18 plus. Full terms and conditions apply. Please see ggpoker.co.uk for details. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights... You're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Celtic State of Mind. It's Monday. It's the Monday Club. I'm with I'm Tony Haggerty, and I'm with as usual Russell Boyce and Amy Canavan, and we are going to pour over another adverse result on a Monday, on a Sunday for Celtic. But as we always seem to have that lovely job of discussing it on the Monday, guys, and all the fallout from it. 
And you'll see along the strap line, Ange Postacoglu doesn't seem too worried about Celtic's forum. Should he be? Now, I was on the after-match pod yesterday. I'll come to you first, Russell. 1-1 one, one draw, six points behind league leaders Rangers. 47% win rate in the Scottish Premiership. Are these the stats of a Celtic manager or should they be the stats of any Celtic manager? No, absolutely not. And when your neighbours are so far ahead already and you're now conceding points home and away, you're in trouble. And unfortunately, that was two, that was two puns there, by the way. But uh, honestly, I think uh, I think now the fact it's now slipped into the home form is a real concern. Like, we were maybe giving them the benefit of the doubt before that we were blowing teams away at home. Yes, there was a bit of misfortune yesterday and another day we could have scored more. We also could have conceded more yesterday. Celtic mm. weren't, they weren't a great force yesterday that we've seen against, let's be honest, bottom six teams so far is where Celtic have shown their class. And maybe the one the one game at home against AZ. Other than that, there's more question marks than ever now. And if he's not concerned that like you're saying about the strat line about the form and he says, I think he says something about uh, the league or the media here saying it was weird. That's what I would think. I'm like, well, mate, you should have done your homework because, believe you me, you've seen nothing yet. Yeah. He, he, Amy, I think he said yesterday, you guys are quick to call things early, you know, and uh, but as Russell says there, he's, he's clearly not, you know, done his homework on the kind of goldfish bowl mentality of managing a club like Celtic. Uh, what were your thoughts on yesterday's draw, Amy? It's another performance, another result that you just can't, you know, you can't fathom. But you, you can't stand and, and sit by and just think, yeah, that's fine. It's, it's just another. It's, it's it's on the same magnitude as Livingston last week, and it's actually even worse because, as Russell said, you know, even last week you had that optimism or whatever you want to call it, saying ah, but it's fine. There's always that ah, but it's fine. Um, oh, the home form's okay. The, we'll, we'll put six past them at home. All, all of this. Well, yesterday shows that it's nowhere near that. Um, I know along the sharp line, obviously it's hidden right now. It was all about post the Coglu's comments. Sorry, afterwards, they were really concerning for me. You know, that doesn't sound like a man that's really getting exactly just how big this is. Um, and that's kind of quite contrary to what we really first believed when he first came in. We were really all of the belief that no, this guy gets it. Um, he gets it quite quickly. Um, but to, to sit back and say, you know, I think this is what the supporters want. Obviously, alluding to you know players trying. Um, I don't know how much trying his definition of trying and my definition of trying is very different. Then, um, mm-hmm. but to try and you know signal along the lines of yeah, but it's what the supporters want to see because there was a few half decent chances and you know on one day they'll go in, one day they won't. But they never went in, so I can't think. I don't think you can sit there and really say this is what the supporters want to see. It's certainly not what I as a supporter want to see. Um, we don't speak for, for every Celtic fan, of course, though. True, and Matt Walton comes in here, Russell. If he is not worried, the rest of us should be. For those who say he should not be criticised, we're not changing when change is blindingly obvious. Blindingly obvious. You need to wake up and smell the coffee. Now, we spoke, touched on it yesterday. There seemed to me to be a fairly, well, three fairly obvious changes that could have been made yesterday, but one certainly glaring and that was a jetty. A jetty was just having an absolute nightmare. And yeah. I think it was typified in the sitter that he missed. And then he just kind of disappeared off the radar. 
uh, after that went into his shell. I mean, there's a stat that says Celtic put 32 crosses into the box between Jota and, uh, and Abada, and Ajeti was nowhere near any of them. Yeah, I'm bored of all that nonsense, Tony. Now, that's two games in a row we're talking about record amounts of crosses we've seen. I mean, when did that become even a, a comment, no, no, no. you know? I, I'm, but I'm just saying that's what people will say. But And I, looked, course, I looked at a winger who scored a centre-forward's header, and not for the first time, Abada has shown that through the middle it could be just as effective as maybe somebody like Kyogo. Maybe not as fast, but... You know, it's something worth considering, isn't it? Especially when your centre forward was so far off it yesterday and you needed a winning goal. So would a bad have gone through the middle? It wouldn't have hurt to maybe experiment with that or try it. I think you're spot on, Tony. I think it's an absolutely brilliant point. I think it's one we were hinting at last week. Obviously, people want to focus on the comment of Cameron Carter-Vickers up top. We were talking about a desperate situation and a desperate time there. No... That's be a that be a realistic tactic Celtic are going to deploy week on week. You know, people take things out of context too easily. I generally think when a Yeti's not on it, he looks worse than he is because yeah. he is just one of those penalty box strikers. He misses an absolute sitter yesterday, and that on reflection will look worse and worse because of the result. But when he's not contributing, what does he offer? Very little. Just tell a badder to play the Kyogo role. Just say, look. You, I'm not expecting you to have maybe the level of performance that Furuhashi's had so far since coming in. Come on, come on he's, he's sent shortwaves through Scotland, no two ways about it. But go for it. Try and do those runs. Because the one thing about Abada is he has finishers' instincts. And I yeah. think you're absolutely right to highlight that not for the first time. Because it was when he followed in the rebound midweek, that was instinctive when he mm-hmm. followed out like a striker would. And honestly... See, when I see all this nonsense about giving time, I mean, we're not talking about not giving the manager time. We're calling it game by game. When there's a bad result, the manager needs to be discussed. That's it. As for the options on the bench, uh, post saying that he's got no injuries. Again, I put it back to you. Ange Postecoglou has a wealth of uh, competition on the bench that Thomas Quartz would have loved to have had at his disposal yesterday. So that one doesn't really wash for me either. Okay, Chris1980 comes in. Simple question, even taking injuries into account, would you rather play the last two games with their starting eleven or Dundee United Livingston's? And she's been out thought on both occasions. Do you agree with that, Amy? Is that a fair comment? Yeah, it is. Um, it's kind of what we alluded to last week. You know, I think I just said a few pelters because I said, you know, a Celtic side should be able to go to Livingston and win. Yeah, I completely agree. Obviously, we've not done it in 14 years, whatever it is, 15 years. But a Celtic side should still be able to. I'm not saying they are or they will because they're not. But they should be able to because of the plethora of players that Celtic have and the talent of players that Celtic have. You take it as, you know, would you want... Pretty much exactly what that comment just said, but how many Celtic players would go into that Livingston side or vice versa? You know, the Celtic players, even at a depleted squad, it's still coming out the greater. But going back to that, you know, that original comment um, about the injuries, you know, like what choices does he have with options on the bench? It's kind of exactly what you you said, Tony, um, and, and Russell said, you said it great. You know, it doesn't always have to be about the individual. Change systems, but it focuses so much on individuals. To bring a Yeti off, it doesn't need to be another striker that's coming on. I think Lawrence even touched on it yesterday. You know, you could go to a 3-5-2. Maybe that's not the greatest way, but it could be, you know, then you're putting a badder and... Um, Jota up front. It doesn't need to be 
um, a Yeti with one or the other. It could be the both of them. It may fail, but at least it looks like we're trying something different. You know, you can't change something if you just like you keep pressing on with the same way. Um, so there's too much focus almost on the individuals. And I appreciate the bench is light. There's no denying that. But there's always options. If you have a bench and you're putting out options, alternative, then that means that you have options. It may not be straightforward and basic, and it might not be a like-for-like like swap, but change systems, you know, go 3-5-2, put two up top, be Jota, be Abada, go one up top, m- mix them about a bit, drop uh, Turnbull or Rogic deeper because neither of them were really clicking a lot yesterday creatively, but there's always, always options. So, yes, the alternatives may, may, may not be there i.e. a striker coming on for a Yeti, but there is always an option. Yeah, Chris, 1980 comes back in. We started the game with nine full internationals and two under-21 internationals. Should be more than enough. Dundee United had a 16-year-old at centre-half who cruised up. Unacceptable. Facts are facts, Tony. The big man's on the money there. Um, <laughs> I just think as well, with regards to the change in it during the match, me and you had a good conversation through the week, Tony. We were talking about, if you looked at Martin O'Neill, for example, right now, He's described as a dinosaur, and it was always about, you know, long ball football. Wait, and, you know, if you didn't have Henrik, what would have happened and stuff? And we, we had to chat about a match at Ibrox, remember? It was called adapting, was, I think, the narrative of the conversation, Tony. Martin O'Neill went to Ibrox. I'm going to guess it was late 2002. That's my guess, roughly. And we'd always rigidly played in the first two years of O'Neill, 3-5-2. We go to Ibrox. He puts Jackie McNamara on the team at right back. Gives him the captain's armband to give him the boost because he's pulled him in from the, not the colds completely, but he wasn't a regular starter. And we went 4-4-2. Baffled Rangers because they prepared all week thinking this guy's only got one way. It t- there's many ways to skin a cat. And right now I just feel that we're going to be on repeat here week on week talking about Angie's system unless he does do some adapting soon. Yep. <laughs> Joseph Dockington as yet to the abominable front man. <laughs> mm, fair enough but yeah I mean we look at it and what and I'm going to see something positive about yesterday about one player in particular Amy I thought Jota got it yesterday yeah I think Jota understood the, how you know that it was a must win game and he tried and tried his heart out and didn't deserve to be in a losing side but he needed others round about him to also step up to the plate and, and that high level of performance that he gave yesterday. So I was quite impressed with that. And moving forward, Joe Porter agrees, Jota's a baller. Hopefully that turns out to be the case. But, you know, you can't just be relying on one guy, which Celtic seem to be, or two guys, you know. Before before there were two most important players were out of the team, we relied heavily on McGregor and Kyogo. And now that they're out, you know, we're looking around. There's a there is a real lack of leadership there, and you know, guys taking a game by the scruff of the neck. You know, talking about midfielders in particular as well. But just apart from Joe Hart, who's back there, I don't see many leaders in that Celtic team. No, it's it's young. There's no denying that. The fact that you're you're really, you know, you're you're bringing out Jota and you're bringing out Abada so young. Abada's nineteen. Jota's so fresh into really like this is his first real crack at senior football. I think Andrew Postecoglou said that himself. Um, so the fact that you're going to them, they're, you're relying on them so so quickly. You know, David Turnbull's just had his fiftieth appearance for Celtic, something like that. Should argue arguably have been so much more obviously if it wasn't for for the injury. Um, 
but he doesn't show any sort of real leadership. And this is a guy that knows the division. We keep talking about people that know the division. You know, he's played for Motherwell. He, he knows these teams inside and out, but he doesn't show it. You know, Tom Rogic has been in the Celtic side for how God knows how long now, probably coming on about eight, eight nine years. Um, and he's just... You know, as you you rightly say, he's not taking it by the scruff of the neck, which you're looking for then these guys to step up and do. Because you look elsewhere, you know, Tony Ralston, as much as he always gives his all, and I'm never going to not stick up for him, but this is still so freshly into his, you know, like this is his first real proper run in the side. Um, And then you look along the back line, they're all new guys coming in. Um, so you're looking to turn to Rogic to, to Turnbull to be the experienced heads, especially from within this league, and they're just not stepping up. Lanky67 comes in. I was at the game yesterday and we were rank rotten. We all know playing Tom and Tumble. Partnership doesn't work. A jetty, it's the same as last season. Got a few goals, then went missing. What do you say to that, Mr. Russell Boyce? Do you agree with yeah, that? It's interesting. I mean, Tumble and Rogic, Tony, if we're being completely honest, based on, you know, as we were saying last week, you know, we played Turnbull Bingo, for example, you know, what time he'd be subbed off. Rogic, you, you hung your hat on him being subbed off after 60 minutes, didn't we? You know? Yeah. Yet those two are the, the two ever presents in the team this season. Did you know that? The only two. And I appreciate what Amy's saying, by the way. 50 games for Celtic's quite a milestone. But also mean, it comes with a bit of responsibility now as well. That you have to step up. You have to have, You now need to own that. You know, you're a 50-time appeared Celtic player for a reason. I'd be interested to know what David Turnbull's win ratio is in the Celtic mm. start 11. I've never, I've just thought of that now when Amy said 50 games. I thought, how many of those has he won? And is that now the new trend you're seeing in Celtic players and why you rely so much on a Callum McGregor or a James Forrest? Because their experience is a lot of success. That's why you go to these guys because their experience levels are all positive ones. Whereas I wonder at Turnbull's first 50 games, if anyone can work it out, please indulge me. I would like that because I wonder what his win percentage is. And if you've not got the what-it-takes experience to fall back on, really it's just 50 games in a, in a messy period for Celtic, really, isn't it? And no wonder, perhaps, when it comes to moments like yesterday, as Amy alludes to, when you're looking for Turnbull, for example, to step up, they're found, they're found wanting. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? 
not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Yeah, Amy, I, I kind of agree with all of that and what we have just said. And, you know, and a lot of people say, oh, we're, we're having a property manager and, and shouldn't be in whatever, right? But I also get the point that we are lacking in personnel and that when Kyogo comes back, McGregor comes back and Julianne comes back, we will be a better team. So I, think, I find that a bit insulting to everybody's football intelligence. You get your better players back, of course you're going to be a better team. But until that time when you get the better players back, there's still the business of winning football matches. You have to do it by hook or by crook. And that's the manager's job, to pick teams accordingly. To get to win football matches, to do whatever it takes, even if you have to win ugly. The last two games, Celtic... Should have won ugly. Yeah. No, or trying to win ugly. It's the lack of, not to say the lack of trying, but to switch it up a bit and change it around to go and get a result. You know, and if you've got to win ugly or get results and do it the ugly way then, or, or grind it out, then you have to. Because there's a team in the same city over the road who are doing that at this precise moment. Absolutely. Just before we came on here, uh... Paul and I were actually discussing that, you know, people are coming in and I saw lots on Twitter yesterday that, oh, don't worry about it, this is a poor Rangers side, it's not the Rangers side that last season. No matter what side Rangers this is, they're still grinding out results. Do you think Stephen Gerrard's really going to be that worried that, right, yeah, it was a 1-0, it was only 1-0 against Dundee, but it was still three points. You know, Celtic can't grind out those results and Rangers are. So you can say no matter how poor Rangers are, Celtic are poorer, they're still grinding out the results. And you know, at the end, literally at the end of the day, it is all that matters. How many points do you have at the end of the season? And they'll look back, and you know, for them, that one nil against Dundee might be, you know, might be a turning point, maybe a really crucial win because they saw it out. You're going to get breaks. You're going to, you know, be the victim of of harsh breaks as well. You're going to get injuries, and you're going to some sides will be a little bit luckier. But that's just the the, the nature of the game, especially the nature of the game up here. But it is games like this that Celtic need to grind out. It's games like this that champions need to grind out. Um, and that's what really comes between you. You can talk all you want about, you know, against the top sides, but it's just as equally as important. Um, you know, these are the games that, that matter. And you look at this weekend, that's two. Both Celtic and Rangers played both sides uh, from Dundee and only one came away with a decent result. Yep, indeed. Now, Russell, Celtic next month, October, a real, real big month domestically for them. Go to Pitodre, Firth Park and Easter Road. Now, I'm taking it at this moment in time. How many of them do you conceivably see them winning? That is an impossible question to answer because it's not going to be a nice answer. Yeah. I, at this moment I time, am struggling to pick which one I think will win. Now, it should really be what, what, what the question should be, in my opinion, even at this stage, what one do you see as potentially dropping points on Russell? That would have been, you know, but realistically, it's what one do you see as taking all three in? It's hard to choose. It's hard yeah. to choose. And, you know, the players might be hiding under rocks right now, but I tell you this, 
he is going to need to find a way to get results. He's going to have to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same question to you, Amy. I mean, do you see them winning any of those three games? Or, or is it a worry that Ange doesn't seem too worried about Celtic's forum? Because you should Absolutely. be. I've I should be, yeah. Absolutely, that is a worry. And then, you know, if you put in a performance like yesterday, if you put in a performance game like as they did against Livingston, then you can't say, you have to say none. Um, because you're not going to be beating anybody if you play like that. You know, it's, you say it time and time again that, you know, for clubs like, Dundee, Dundee United, Ross County. When they play Celtic, it's, it's a cup final, you know, and it's the same when they play Rangers. But there's that fear is not going to be there. Um, the same fear that's been there for the last God knows how many years. It's certainly not going to be instilled the same because you just think they've had. You have a look at how Livingston beat Celtic. Have a look at how you know Dundee United got a point at Parkhead against Celtic. Other sides are going to pick up on this. Got streetwise managers as well. They may not be the glitzy glam names, but you know Tom's coach yesterday went in with a game plan. David Martindale last week had the game plan and it came off other managers will pick up on that because they think right we'll use our power we'll use our physique we'll just go all in on their shaky defence it's blatant on the eye if we can spot it opposition managers and coaches are going to be spotting it so if the player has has the players went over the last week you know even against race rovers there was nothing impressive about that that was a really dismal performance and you know if perhaps if, if Rafe were just that a little bit more of a quality side or if they could have got you know Zanata on the ball a little bit more before they eventually got sent off um, then it could have been a totally different ball game because there was nothing there you go wow Celtic really want this so you just have to watch these last few few games um, and sides will implement the ugly way as kind as what we're talking about here Celtic no longer win ugly can't win ugly it always has to be this tippy tat happy malarkey um, but other sides will just come in the ugly way they don't care if they walk away with three points or a point against Celtic that, that's massive for them What I will say and backing up your point I, I thought Dundee United played very well they came with a game plan and uh, mm-hmm. the best domestic side that Celtic have played this season because they were unlucky because they probably should have had a penalty as well And but they came out to play they didn't camp in and string you know, players along their, their goal line, they actually came for a result because they thought there was a fragility about Celtic and they could be got at. So you can't have it both ways. You can't scream and shout about teams, you know, coming out to play against you. And then when one does and they get a point, you know, <laughs> you go off your nut. But they came to play. So fair play to them for that. And I'll just, we message from the boss man, subscribe on YouTube to be entered into monthly prize draws. An Axon jersey is up for grabs this week and the signed and framed Bobby Lennox print is October's prize. Hit the subscribe button. Yeah. But, you know, Russell, uh, going back to Dundee United, they did play well. You have to say that. But we keep getting back to it. I've watched Celtic now the past three games in three different situations and it's worrying me that the manager doesn't actually know how to adapt or what to do or to make substitutions or to, to shake it up a bit. Regardless of the personnel, you always have options, as we've spoken about. You go 2-0 up and bet us after half an hour. You shouldn't come away with anything other than a point from that game, in my opinion. You know, you shut up shop, you do what it takes to get a result. You go one down at Livingston and you watch the same game unfold till like the last 20 minutes. Then you bring on two defensive midfielders when you're chasing a goal. You know, uh, and then yesterday... A goal, a second goal wins that game. 
you have a misfiring centre forward in a shape that's no working and a system that's no working, yet again you don't do much to to influence the result or you don't do anything to get go and get that result. That's a worry for me about the manager and that's what I'm seeing. And if I'm seeing that and Amy's seeing that and you're seeing that, lots of other supporters are seeing that, then he cannot be exempt from criticism on that. Yeah, I mean, I think we're in fantasy land at times, you know, when we're talking about any manager would struggle to get wins against Livingston, etc. I find that, find that, you know, just nonsense, let's be honest. Um, and I think then is then again as well, I've heard two, two shows in the last week talking about points totals. One says, as long as we get 90 points, we'll be there or thereabouts. I completely agree with that. <laughs> but at that stage, we were on course for 57. Now we're looking at, if we carry on this form, a ballpark around 55 points, you know? So you can subtract 12 points randomly from Rangers' potential total at the end of this season. We'll be further behind than we were last season. This is a disaster what's happening in front of us. Folk need to get real. He is not reacting to the environment he's in. And I promise you, Tony, all we have done is never lambast the manager personally or anything like that. And folk think you've got a problem with what? A 56-year-old Australian guy and knew nothing about until three months ago. Why would I have an issue with him? I don't. I just generally thought we have to scrutinise the appointment, work out the reasons why it happened, and perhaps I used a different angle than most did then. Now we've got results. We've got a body of evidence now to go. Can we now debate the manager? And it's not. No one's gloating about this, and certainly no one is calling for his head. By the way, either, which no. I think Paul's been at length to have to repeat this week, which I found almost disappointing. You know, because we should be able to have a strength in our convictions of when we make a point. There's no gender. There's no bus being driven because there was a bus. The wheels have came off already. By the way, mm. and what we're watching right now is a team that desperately is going to need to adapt quickly to its climate and try and not have days at the office like yesterday. I genuinely hoped that days like yesterday were going to be saved forever away from. You now have read out the next three fixtures away from home. And if there isn't a sense of fear amongst the Celtic support, the majority, there certainly will be a good percentage that will be having the same trepidations I am right now. Amy? This can be turned around. There's time to turn it around, right? And I get all that. But, you know, give me patience and give me it now type thing. You know, it has to be turned around as quickly as possible. But there's just no signs that it's going to turn around, does there? And what does he have to do to turn it around? And if you knew the answer to that question, you'd be the Celtic manager, to be fair. Exactly, exactly. Every Celtic fan knows that you need to start winning games. Um, I don't think you can really maybe label it a disaster just yet. It's perhaps on tracks for that. There's no denying that. Um, but it is still a, a, probably a tad early to, to maybe say disaster. But I understand Russell's sentiments behind that, you know, because it's just it's a lot of frustration. Um, and I think a lot of Celtic fans, you know, you've got to be able to surely catch, catch on board with that. But I think the worry is, you know, for those who will say, oh, it's not a disaster when Kyogo and McGregor come back or whatever, but God knows when that'll be. Um, you know, I think McGregor's like, it's almost like, oh, you'll be ready for this one, you'll be ready for this one sort of thing. I think it is meant to be Thursday now. Um, that, that's interesting. Um, 
But you, you can't just wait until these these guys come back. You know, ultimately, you hope Celtic are going to be a better side when they come back. Can't really get much worse. But you have no idea what state they're going to come back. And you can't expect Kyogo to be out for who knows however many, like let's say it's four weeks, how long he's out for. And then he comes back, he might not pick up exactly where they left off. And if he does, fantastic. But then you can't just turn it all into that one player. That shows, you know, all of that just highlights the lack of depth, real lack of fitness as well right now. I think that has to be talked about. Um, I think Celtic looked really, really unfit yesterday. And I know perhaps that's because you're looking at guys like Rogic and Turnbull playing more time than ever. But even then, you know, Dundee United looked like they could have went another, a good another half hour at least. And Celtic were out on their feet. Um I don't know what the answer is because, like you say, if I did, I'd certainly be the Celtic manager. Um, I wouldn't like to label it a disaster just yet. Um, and I hope, obviously, you've always got to have hope, but it's it's not on the, the greatest terms right now. Terence Pat comes in there, Russell. You'll see that comment. Leverkusen game doesn't matter. It's all about Aberdeen on Sunday. You agree? No, it's just it's just down, it's just downsizing your expectations all the time. You're watching it happen in front of you. You know, now it's going to be Europe's going to be a bye again all of a sudden. We're not even in the competition. We were five years ago under Brendan Rodgers, you know. Two years in a row we did that and we're told to stick with the process. Well, where did that get us? We're now elite. We're in a tournament below where we were five years ago on the back of Haydn's in Europe and now we're second place in the league. You know, and I admit, Ange has walked into a bit of a disaster zone. And I think the word disaster, so far for me, by the way, I'll stand by it. Seven wins or whatever it is from 15. Celtic, really? Is that like, have we dropped our standards that much? That's not a disaster. What's happening here? Like, I, I just think everyone's expectations are slowly but surely being downsized. And the excuses are coming out. And the excuses are now going to be, oh, don't worry about Europe, let's focus on Sunday. Celtic Football Club should be more than able to handle a Europa League match on a Thursday and a domestic away match on a Sunday and focus on both. I don't understand why we're lowering our expectations so much. Is this excuses for Ange? That concerns me if so. I think we have to be realistic and go, Leverkusen's going to be a huge challenge, but we're at home. We've toppled bigger and better many a time. Away to Petorja, we've got... Everyone talked about the Almondville record last week. Well, let's look at our record at Aberdeen. It's fantastic. So there's no excuses for that nonsense as well. And by the way, on the Livingston thing, I did a wee bit of homework on that. 14 years, maybe. There's only six or something times we've played them in 14 years. Yeah, I've only played them that many times yet. Uh, There was a comment along the bottom of the Elburn culture saying this sounds like a show from a year ago. Well, the common denominator is that well, no one in four matches. <laughs> you, me, and Amy, I think. <laughs> not one in football matches. So, I think that his name, I don't know how he's pronounced that, but yeah, he comes in and says, I feel like we were just a whipped a crossbar away from a different outlook. I don't think the system isn't fundamentally working. We're flogging the same players and don't have the depth, and the right players in key position for it to produce the 6 0 results. I'm not really caring about 6 0 results. I just want to win football matches, Amy. I've got to be honest. You know? It's a simple game. It is a simple game, you know, put the ball in the back in the net. I am an understand I'd probably be a manager then. But it is, you know, it is a simple game. Um, it's not rocket science. And I just feel though you can't go into it just one dimensional. And Celtic are very one dimensional right now. It is, you know, there, there's no change in systems. And I'm not going to go over it because we've really, you know, 
exhausted the point. But it's um, it's just it is quite a simple game. Yeah, Jonathan Brown comes in. Russell, no manager will change our fate. We need a new board first. That's a entirely different argument. And I was said off air before we come on, before you come into the, the, the Dermot Desmond, the double D stood for downsizing and downgrading. You've just said it as well yourself about the the downsizing and the downgrading of, of our ambition. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Basically, you know, and I get that, and we get that Angie's walked into the middle of all of this, but he's been hired as the Celtic manager, right? Regardless of the personnel and the injury and, the, uh, you know, key personnel that are out and injuries and, you know, the luck or the bad luck that they've carried, your remit as a manager is to win football matches. I'll go back to it. That's it. And you have to find a way, if you're the manager of Celtic Football Club, to win football matches. You know, you can talk about systems all you like and philosophies. The only philosophy and system is winning football matches if you're a Celtic manager. You work in style and finesse and all that later on. You win football matches. You win football matches, you know, you, you won't you won't get a hard time. Oh, you won't get you won't be put under the microscope. You don't win football matches, you know, your record is up, up for scrutiny. Everything you do is up for scrutiny. That's the way it is. And another voice from our manager here saying, for anyone bemoaning the lack of positivity today, give me some positive points and I'll bring them up. That's fair. And I would love to read them. I want to read them. See at the end of the day right now, I've got a concern that we are Style before substance. Whereas to me, it should always be substance, then mm. add the bit of style at the end. Of course. You know? Um, Ringo has a new album, that's pretty positive. I mean, good for him, man. You know what I mean? But that, who cares? You know, it's like, right now, get three points on the board and then put the ice on the cake with great displays. But right now, if you can't get the basics of the three points, we can we count. In fact, We've only won, what is it? What's our win record now? We were saying 50% last week. What is it now? 43% or something? 47. I think we've won one in our last four league games, haven't we? And that was Ross County when we struggled, Amy. Yeah. Yeah. Let's Cam- get results in the board first, eh? You know, Yota was great the other night. There's one. Well, strangely, yeah. we spoke about Yota. We've already spoken about Yota, and we did highlight that that was a positive. But of the one league game that we've won in our last four, Amy, that was against Ross County and it took us a while to break them down and it was a Cameron Carter-Vickers deflected shot that eventually uh, went in the net and we eventually saw them off 3-0 with a jetty scoring two. Strange love the doctor, Abada was classed there too. Well, we mentioned Abada too. There were two players that we thought were, you know, Amy mentioned they're young players, but it's how it's a sad indictment that we're having to go to them you know, to say that they're the ones that are stepping up to the plate. Absolutely, you know, and um, well, exactly, Hart has, has came in, um, as, as that comment there, has come in and he's, he's been forced to step up, you know, there's not really been any other option for him. But a lot of the comments coming in right now are saying, you know, right, we're off- offering criticism, but we're not offering any solutions. Well, I believe the three of us did offer solutions right at the start, you know, switching three, to a 3-5-2, I'm saying, you know, a Yeti needs to depart yesterday, so I'm not... 
I understand we don't have another striker on the bench, but bring on a defender, switch something up. You know, I've been lucky enough. I've seen Owen Moffat in the Lowland League, and I appreciate, you know, there's a lot of people who don't believe that the Celtic side should be in the um, the Lowland League, and I obviously agree for different reasons, but others believe it's because they don't think the quality of the Lowland League is there um, and that these guys aren't getting the tests that they deserve. Well, believe me, they are, but... Owen Moffat has been an absolute star and I've been lucky enough to see him I didn't actually see him when he, he played Bollinick because he didn't play Bollinick sorry because he was still with the first team at that time and well put it this way from a Bollinick perspective we were extremely pleased um, but it, he wasn't there because he was with the first team because he was down in Wales so he has been in and around Andrew Postacoglu obviously then he played so many games for um, for the Beast team in the lone league that then he couldn't be in the, the main squad but now Obviously, I'm assuming, I'm not 100% sure, but that sort of grace period is up. I think there's going to be like, it's a certain amount of games and then if you play for the B team, you'll be able to like go up to the, the first team. So I'm assuming, obviously, this first period came to an end and hence why he was on the bench. Give him a run. I'd be more than happy to see Owen Moffat in the first side. You know, so much praise has already been given this season to Adam Montgomery. Right at the beginning as well, Dane Murray looked pretty assured. Um Obviously, things didn't quite work out after Mitchland, but he was given a chance. You know, Moffat deserves an equal chance. He is ready. He's been playing games week in, week out against tough opposition, mind you. Celtic have, have done extremely well in Lowland League. The only defeat they have had is the Bonnerig Rose, um, who are top of the league. But it's it's a tough environment they're coming up against. They're coming up against men who, you know, livelihood sort of stuff that they're just wanting to play football a lot of them have you know Scotland under 21s they've had previous caps they've been in the lower divisions of uh, the professional game it's tough opponents you're talking about taking games by the scruff of the neck Celtic have had to do that if anyone's following I know Lewis Laird really looks into them really well um, but it's not all plain sailing and it, you know the games that they're winning by big margins I'll be honest a lot of the top sides are winning against big margins so I'd have you know I'd have gave him a shot if he's good enough to be on the bench then for me he's good enough to be in that start in 11 or certainly as an addition as an alternative so there's a solution for you as we said you know maybe chuck Jota and Abada up top Tony I know you weren't so much a fan Jota the other night going up top so give Abada a go let's see what happens drop Turnbull deeper drop Rogic deeper you know these are options that were given go to three at the back so to say that we're not offering solutions I think that's you know wrong yeah, I totally agree, Amy. Well said there. And also, we did. We, well, there was nothing to stop him bringing on Owen Moffat yesterday. A jetty should have came off yesterday. Owen Moffat went out to out wide and move a bad end. You were chasing a winning goal, and a bad had scored as I said earlier. He'd scored a centre forward's goal <laughs> with a header, which a textbook header, which a centre forward, any centre forward, would have been proud of. And not for the first time this season had showed a real centre forward's instinct in front of goal. So that was, to me, was an obvious change yesterday because a jetty just wasn't at the races and you take him off, bring him off on a forward-thinking player, the only forward option that we had, and you change it about. You put a batter through the middle. So again, Amy, we have offered solutions. So I I can't understand, you know, people comment and say we're not offering solutions. We, we gave it at the start. We, that's what we said we would have done. I mean, Russell... Are we are we talking Swahili? I don't know. Um, are we not making sense? You know, they're all they're all too deep, mate. That everyone's too deep in the midst of they've backed and they've backed and they've supported, and now the indefensible becomes our problem, and it's for us to be offering the solutions that the manager is paid to come up with. And whilst, as you say, a balanced debate 
that's offer other solutions or, or alternatives that we would have used. Whilst not saying uh, it's guaranteed it would work 100%, of course we're not saying that, but we have offered alternatives. Abada in the Kyogo role was, I think, mentioned after five minutes of the show today. So when people are honestly, right now people are, to me, are in deep on Ange and they do not want to smell the coffee. And I'm sorry, but right now what we are seeing is poor and we have every right to criticise it. And by the way, it's a podcast about Celtic on a Monday lunchtime, which is quite often, notoriously, the day after the match before. And by the way, we're not picking up results. So that's what happens on the Monday Club. It ends up a wee bit of critical analysis of a poor performance. Unfortunately, that's not on us, Tony. That's on Celtic and on whoever's managing them at that time. And I like the comment earlier, you know, it says this could have been a Monday club from a year ago. Very poignant point. I find that very interesting because I don't see as much change in this side as what other people have, perhaps, from a year ago. Well, the only, you know, we commented on it last week that the only managerial change is one in, one out. You know, there'd be no, no, no assistant manager has come in. You know, so we've had one in, Hans Postecoglou has come in and replaced Neil Lennon, Amy. You know, and, and the three of us on this podcast are not doing what every Celtic supporter did yesterday after that football match when they went to what, wherever they, they went, to home, to the pub, to a club, to whatever. They discussed the final nuances of yesterday's game and they're still discussing them this week and they will continue to discuss them until Thursday when the team line's announced to see what team we're playing against Bayer Leverkusen. You know, and as you say, Russell, will be watching that through the cracks in your fingers because you're worried about the lack of results. You know, and we get all this about the personnel and the old having back the manager. We have discussed this until, you know, the cows have come home. You know, we, we get it. There was a lack of investment, a lack of players brought in in the window. How many times can we say it? The manager is an, an isolated figure. We get that. We've discussed it. But we're also discussing now the fact that he's employed to win football matches. You know, so Jim, I thought, I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say, "Do we're blue in the face, Tory?" And I thought he's. No, no, I wasn't going to say that. No, 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 I would never use that expression. Uh, and he's not a medical worker. It's not the system or the tactic. It's the quality of player and squad available. He has inherited a shamble of a club. What other so-called big club has to bring in twelve players in one window and loses fifteen and doesn't have a magic wand? We get that, Jim. But he has now got to play the hand that he's been dealt and you have to find a way to win football matches, Amy. We, it keeps coming back to it. He's not winning football matches, so we've every right to discuss that as supporters of the of the club. It's a results-driven business. I am, you know, that comment there saying, you know, 12 players getting brought in or whatever. Yeah, we all know that happened a while ago. Now we're now in October, uh, or we're, well, we're about to be in October. Sorry, um, it's the last week in September, so it's been the script for a while now. So I don't know how much longer we can drag this out. Are we going to keep using this narrative until January? Because you can if you want, but nothing's going to change until then. So sometimes you just got to accept that. Yeah, it's not ideal. It wasn't ideal at the time, so it's still not going to be ideal now. I don't know. There's a lot of comments coming in now that you offer solutions. Then you know, or you can't bring on Moffat. Well, then. You didn't want to hear the solutions then. If you want 
you know, as you, as you said to one of the comments that are coming in, that, right, be positive or don't be, you know, looking through all the nuances of yesterday. If you want to then go and start your own podcast and I'll tune in and listen to all the positives that came out of Celtic this week, because I tell you, it'll be a really short podcast. Buy yourself a mic and I'll listen. It's tough when you come out with something like this. Everyone's saying, you know, oh, but it's the, it's the anger. We're not all getting so caught up about it. Like, at the end of the day, it's a game of football, right? I'll be honest, it doesn't dictate my life as much as it used to. And I think, Tony, you probably might be able to stick up for me a little bit here. It's actually when you enter, like, a college and like this and you enter the career that you're in, that I'm going to enter, it's quite hard. You have to take a little bit of a step back and you've got to be real. You know, there's a real world, there's a real world out there. Real issues are happening. People are going through things. The three of us, we'll come on here on a Monday. I'll be honest. First thing, all I've thought about today, not really been about Celtic. I'm trying to juggle uni. I'm trying to juggle a dissertation. I'm trying to juggle my family life. This isn't all about Celtic. So for some people, it may be, maybe they won't like that I'm coming on here and saying that my life doesn't revolve around Celtic. No doubt it definitely dictates what I'm happening at the weekend and what mood I'll be in at work. But do I think about it every single moment? Not really now because, you know, it's just a game of football. A lot happens, as a lot has happened over the last 18 months. Football's definitely, when it came back, it was a massive relief. But is it the be-all and end-all? It's not the be-all and end-all. Fair enough, anyway, fair point. Uh, Joshua like McGonagall, 1,300 watching, caring and want to give their take on their team. Yeah, and that's all we're doing, Joseph. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, so it's, you know, you're allowed to be critical, you know? Paradise 63, it's all about Celtic for us, mate. Yep, and it's all about Celtic for us as well. So uh, that's fair enough. People are, but we've not shot down anybody's view, you know? No. Everybody's entitled to the view. We're, we're reading them out and we're discussing them as they're coming in and we might disagree, but it's healthy disagreement. And I think that's fair enough, you know? And, and it's allowed as well. You're allowed to disagree, but I... You know, I'm with you guys, and I feel to see a lot positive about yesterday. I really do, and I know we we hit the bar three times, and people can can cling on to that and stuff. But we still never scored a winning goal, which would have glossed over many things. Because I think again, I would have said then, great, Celtic won ugly. They ground it out, and that would have been a positive to cling to and say, right, let's build on that moving forward because yeah. something happened to make that happen, to make that win happen. We started the the, the programme yesterday, the pre-match programme, myself, Lawrence and Paul, and the three of us said, even at this early juncture, it was a must-win game. See, things like that for me are worrying. That even so early in the season, it became a, a must-win game and they didn't win it. And now as Amy says, we're now going into October and a month where you have three tricky away fixtures and we've no one in a way fixture all season. That to me is a concern. And if people can't see that that's a concern, then well, we'll agree to differ. You know, if we, if we, I can't say that name. F so. and JC. <laughs> F and JC. Yeah. Okay, then that'll be it. Yeah. I don't think you guys need to justify anything. We're all fans and entitled to our opinions. We're interested in your takes, and I, for one, agree with a lot of what you're saying. Well, F and JC. If that's how you say your name, then thanks very much for that. Appreciate that. I think you're right though, Tony. I think maybe we are guilty of trying to justify our points too much. You know, we're just calling what we're seeing in front of us. And I actually think maybe we're better just talking about the actual what we're seeing in front of us than trying to explain why we've made a point 40 minutes ago. Because it almost becomes like, <laughs> I think like Evan JC's saying, he's like, 
stop explaining what you're saying and give me more points for him to take away and and and, and chew over and maybe come back in with a with a counter or whatever. That's that's more like it. I think Tony, you've you know you don't have a career like you've had, big man. If you don't know a thing or two about football, all right? <laughs> that's very kind as well. EGC technology video says Wenger always refused to win ugly at Arsenal and in the end they fell into the abyss of mid-table mediocrity. Well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I don't ever say, we, we never say on this programme we're right. We just give our opinion and people can bounce off that. Amy, we've never, you said it earlier, we don't claim to speak for all the Celtic fans. Yeah, exactly. We, we speak passionately. We, we speak passionately because we care deeply about our club. And we speak for ourselves, mainly, I think. And we all have different views and different takes. But some of those views and takes are the same. That's fair enough. But, can't, you know, we, we're not negative for the sheer hell of it. And in choosing the career profession that myself and Amy have gone down, I like to think we know a wee bit about football. That's always up for question. People will tell me what I know about football. You know what I mean? So that's that's fair enough. But I've always stuck by this and I've said, I see football through my prism and through my lens. I don't see it through what other people want me to see. And if people like that, great. If they don't like that, then there's nothing I can do about it. But I don't tell people I'm right. I just proffer an opinion, put it out there, and then we we debate it, you know, to the nth degree, and we laugh sometimes, we cry sometimes when I'm involved. <laughs> That's fair enough, yeah. But you know what I mean, Amy. So I, I I don't. I think a lot of Celtic supporters are just hurting at the minute. Yeah, it's not. I agree with that. It's not, it's not going right after such a promising start. There's a lot of hurt there and a lot of anger, you know, and and just don't know where to vent their spleen. You know, the board will always get it. But as I've said before, see if everything's functioning well in a football park, nobody cares about the board. Nobody cares, you know. But now that it's not, it's kind of the wheels have come off, Brussels bus, to use your bus analogy. It's just a struggle approach now. You know, the manager's hopeless, players are hopeless, the board are hopeless, this and that. There's an element of, you know, just that kind of anger about it all and just lashing out. You know, and then... And then through that, we're hopeless. You know what I mean? People lash out to us because you're tuning into a podcast and you're giving an opinion. You know? And the truth lies somewhere in between, Amy, I think. You know? So. I agree, yeah. Because it's tough for a Monday. You know, it's still so fresh. It's still so raw after everything that's unfolded at a weekend. Tony, you're lucky. You get the Monday that you kind of have to be a bit depressed about it all. But then the Friday, you can be a bit optimistic, look forward to it. And you get to have a good laugh. And you can, you know, you know, it can be it can be 6 now this weekend. We might get Russell's 10 now. But it's a tough game, you know. It's Yeah. It's trying to find that happy medium. You're never going to please everybody. Um, I really like that. There is nothing wrong with winning ugly. I'd much rather be coming on and talking here about an ugly win than what we what unfolded yesterday. And I think that's really, um, <laughs> I think actually what we're we're trying to you know go on the back of like Angie's comments yesterday that oh you know but I think we've gave something that the fans will be happy for. I think it's important to try and find you know that that happy medium really like understand you want the the nice that you want the, the nice style and you want and implementing his philosophy but sometimes it's just just getting the win is um can get some of the fans back on track um and, and can just bring a little bit more positivity around 
I'd love nothing more to be positive, Russell. I'd love nothing more to be sitting here after beating Dundee United 2-1, you know, and talking that up and seeing, I just said earlier, that, that, that we'd won ugly and that's our wee platform and a base upon which to build. You know, that, that, as Amy said there, that the Monday programmes after Celtic haven't got a result, they're, they're tough, you know. it's What else can you do than accentuate criticism or some negativity? You know, you, you, you can't be as positive as you want especially if they're not getting results. You said it before you came on here, you thought you were a jinx. I'm beginning to think that's the, that's the truth, you know, so I'll, oh, I'll, blame, uh, I'll blame you. But, uh, we, were talking about, we were talking about David Turnbull's win ratio earlier after 50 games. <laughs> I would love to know how many Mondays after in the back of a win on Axon, by the way. My percentage is probably worse, honestly. <laughs> and I did like uh, Ado's comment there that how can you win ugly when you've got Jota in the team? I see that's good point. Point. I get a comment through like a wee bit of humour that's see that's that's fair enough you know but we we I think there is an element of hurt there isn't there you know it's I think it's not after the promise and start I think people were you know were excited about yeah. the possibilities of this season and then Kyogo got injured you know eh, McGregor got injured and you know it's kind of there's it's kind of falling apart a wee bit, you know. So here's our boss again, a statement. McCarthy injured two starts on Thursday and who is backup? Mm. I think Soro will come straight back in. Um, I'm not saying that's the right call, but I think McGregor, by the judge, judging by what I just said, it looks to me like McGregor still might be, he's 50-50 for Thursday, really. I don't think he'll make it. I think he'll be more, we'll focus on trying to get him back for Aberdeen. And if, Going back to what the, the earlier uh, viewer said, he didn't care about Thursday, just all focus on Aberdeen. Whilst I don't agree with that, I can also now see needs must on, on Sunday at Pataudry. Needs must. We have to win. It's that simple. And if that then means Thursday has to take a, a lesser, you know, sort of a part of your, your focus, and then it means resting McGregor one more match, so he's fully fit for the Sunday. So be it. I, I think he'd start sorrow. I don't. I think Ange isn't, you know, phased by all our, you know, the sorrow gives you the fear, right? Sorrow gets panned for it, and he is. A, he is one. He's now becoming one of those people who, he's a go-to guy to slag off. Let's be honest, right? He is the go-to. He's a headless chicken. He's choking for a book and all these sort of terms. I think Ange's phased by that, though. Not giving me due there. I think if if he thinks that McCarthy, if McCarthy's injured, then. I don't think you'll have any hesitation in putting Soro back in, to be honest. And if Soro starts on Thursday and put my house on him to get booked, I think that's a fair bet. <laughs> Amy, to use a singing analogy, every time Soro plays, my heart is broken. Soro, Soro, I just shake my head and say, you'll just, I just don't think he'll cut it as a Celtic player, but that's just my own opinion. Again, yeah. that's uh, up for debate, but you know, the, that comment, the last comment tells you all you need to know about Celtic's supporters' thoughts on him. They just think that he's, you know, he's a certainty to get booked. You know, and I just thought, and he's a repeat offender because he gets booked for the same thing every time he steps onto a football park. He just clatters recklessly into somebody. Yeah. Cannot time a challenge and always then, and he does it early and then walks a tightrope. You know, so I, I just, that, and you know, eat, sleep, repeat. I think that's uh, that's Soros' mo at the minute, and 
if he turns to sorrow and McCarthy's injury, then we'll see what happens. Because Bayer Leverkusen are a good team and they will come thinking they can get a result at Celtic Park. No doubt about it. And your team shape is, you know, it's, it's depleted further, I think, the sorrow place. Absolutely, it's um, it's a it's a liability. There's there's no two ways about it. If I owned my house, which I don't, I'd certainly be putting it on um, on it as well. It's just it's he just can't tackle. You know, he's just one of these players that can't tackle, and you need your defensive midfielder to be able to put in a tackle time and time again, and not you know, not clatter the boy at the same time. Um, I don't know. I think it was a few weeks ago. It was you and Henderson on the bench? I know he wasn't on the bench at the weekend, but I wouldn't mind you know chucking out a bit of a wild card there. Any time he's really came in, he stepped up. But I think this goes and shows again, you know, the worry of of the depth. I think Tony. Did we both maybe write a piece on Scott? Somebody wrote a piece on on um, Scott Robertson. You know him going down to Crew Alexandra now again on loan, and he's playing really, really well by all accounts. We've all seen glimpses of him. Um, you know, he's had a few successful loans out, and it's now just a little bit like, oh, you know, that's another one that I wouldn't actually mind just giving him a little bit of a chance here. So I know that's stupid to talk about him because he's not here. Um, but I wouldn't mind, you know, perhaps a Henderson, a total curveball coming in. And, and let's see what happens. You know, Adam Montgomery was a, a curveball at the start of the season, and it has worked out fairly well. Nobody would have really thought that, that Dane Murray or any of the likes would really have been, you know, kicking around. Who thought Tony Ralston was going to be, other than me, uh, who thought Tony Ralston was going to be the uh, the number one choice? I would like to see something like that. You know, Liam Shaw's obviously still on the fringes, but I don't know how much, you know, post, I think he even came in before Ange Postcop. Well, he did, didn't he? Because he was on a, on a pre-loan, a pre-contract. Um Maybe it's it's the time for him again. He's played in the the Challenge Cup for the B team, um, so seen a little bit of him, and it, you know he, he's well respected down south. So perhaps it's something a time now for something like this uh, to change something up, offer a little bit of a surprise. Um, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't you know be too disappointed if anything like that came off. I'd be more excited, uh, and you know if it fails, then it fails. But at least something else was tried. Glasgow Celtic team Russell comes in. If McGregor returns, do we drop Tumbo or Rogic? Uh, I, mm-hmm. I would definitely drop one of the two. Um, for me, probably Tumbo right now. I think uh, Rogic is definitely flavour of the month with Ange. Uh, as I say, he's been an ever-present this season. Who would have predicted that two months ago, by the way? Tom mm-hmm. Rogic plays mm-hmm. every single match so far. Even by the end of December, that's still... <laughs> a start I'm trying to get my head around it and good on him I think Rogic on the whole has been better than Turnbull so far I know Turnbull scores he scored more goals than Rogic for example but I think Rogic has done more in the team contributed more to the team than what Turnbull has so far if I'm being honest I, and I agree with underwater cabbage salesman I just like to say that uh, <laughs> you know don't risk Cal Mack on Thursday it's too risky the bigger picture is you know, Calmac's importance a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But we've been saying this for years. He needs help in there, and I'm not convinced that substituting Calmac's sixty appearances a season and replacing it with forty starts for both Turnbull and Rogic, for example. I know that adds up to eighty, but you know what I mean, right? But like, I don't think either of them you could hang your hat on as starters of that many matches even if it is still a considerable percentage less than what Callum McGregor does. I'm not quite convinced 
we can hang our hat yet on James McCarthy either. Not because of ability, because of fitness. And his record in the last three years suggests James mm-hmm. McCarthy isn't going to be able to, you know, come in and, and, and contribute X amount of games that gives Cal Mack the well-needed and well-deserved breaks throughout the season. I very much think that once Cal Mack's back to full fitness, he'll be assuring every lineup, no matter what the circumstances, and we'll be facing again the same debate come April, come May. Has he been overplayed? Has his performances waned because he's you know been start, he's started 50-odd games already by now? I think we will be facing that situation again because to me, between Rogic, Turnbull, McCarthy, I don't see in any of those, obviously they're taking up the other two places in midfield as well, but between three of them, 40, 50 starts, no, I don't see it. Sean Ross comes in, Amy, to back up your point. Scott Robertson again, picking up great reviews. My son reckons best player for general last season. He was only there six months. Now, I'm with you, Amy, and I'm with Russell. I think Cal Mack has to be held back for the Aberdeen game. It's yep. too important, the Aberdeen game. You can take a hit in the Europa League if you have to, but if Ange comes up with something and puts somebody in there and they get a positive result against Leverkusen on Thursday, I'll be the first to say well done to the manager. But Sunday's game is just far too important now in the grand scheme of things. You know, to, and I, I think... If you're going to prioritise, you've got to prioritise the, the league. It's as simple as that. And Thursday, you pick a team that you believe can get a result and hope can get a result, and you go out there and, and you have a go. You do your best. But Sunday, if Cal Mack is fit, then I would keep him for Sunday with Petodrick. We need him. Every game is a big game, and I don't want to say that then, you know, attention has to be taken off Thursday. I do understand where you're coming from, though. Um, and I think. Uh, perhaps I, I think maybe I would you know go along that the, the same sort of lines as that it's tough because you don't want to overlook Thursday because it's a massive game and you've got no, to win but you've got to be winning home times in Europe equally as you've got to be winning the home times in the league but as you say if you need to prioritise one or the other then the league is always going to be the priority you know um, so for that I do understand you don't want you know, maybe a tough hour, 90 minutes even for, for Cal Mack on, on Thursday for them then to be burnt out on Sunday. They're quick turnarounds as well. Um, and it's going to be obviously a, a tough test um, on Sunday as well. So it has to be number one priority to the league. So I think on that basis, I, I do agree with you in that I wouldn't be too disheartened if, if Cal Mack does maybe sit out on Thursday. Well, that's been a Celtic State of Mind Monday Club. There's another word from our boss, man. Thank you all for subscribing. We've hit 15.1 subs, 15.1 thousand subs on YouTube. Prizes going out this week, so thanks everybody for that. All this week, say, having Tony Haggerty, that's been the amazing Amy Canavan, President Rascal Russell Boyce. Thank you for your contribution, guys. Appreciate it, as always. And thanks everybody for tuning in.
message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.